words on water. Welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Loop. Going to talk about integrated planning for this episode. I'm joined by Evan Kirk. He is Acting Senior Project Director at the Environmental Finance Center at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Evan, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Travis. Very excited to talk about this topic. Uh, I know a lot of water utilities across the country, municipalities are very interested in integrated planning, and there's been more movement on this front over the past bunch of years, including um, led by EPA. Um, before we dive into it deeply, could you kind of set the table and explain to people what integrated planning is? Sure. Um as I'm finding out working with EPA for the past year or so, um, many people have different definitions of integrated planning. EPA has got a, a much more set definition that really includes um, water, excuse me, wastewater and stormwater obligations. So they define it as a process that identifies efficiencies in wastewater and stormwater operations. Um, and that efficiency would be complying with uh, permits that you have with those obligations. So Clean Water Act requirements that um, require you to do certain things. Um, and integrated planning, more so than traditional uh, stormwater and wastewater operations includes more green infrastructure. So it, it's more of a one water approach. Um, one water is a little more broader than the EPA definition of integrated planning. Um, so one, one water will incorporate water as well, and then potentially um, other stakeholder um, desires that go beyond just EPA's definition, which includes just the regulatory compliance for uh, wastewater and stormwater systems. Um, so, um, like I said, it, it can it can mean a number of things to different communities. Some communities have integrated plans that don't account for permits um, or compliance um, with consent decrees. Other communities very much do integrate their permits into their compliance with those regulations. Mm critical overview there. That's an important distinction that maybe EPA's view on integrated planning is different from what, uh, you know, government entities, utilities view integrated planning or want integrated planning to be. Um, what are the benefits? Um, why, why is this such a touted and sought after approach? I just wanted to step back one second there, Travis. So yeah. um, EPA very much does encourage systems to, to take the integrated planning approach that they, as they define it and go beyond it. Um, but for their purposes, they're just looking at the regulatory compliance, but they're not actively disincentivizing communities from incorporating the one water approach into their plans. All right. Great distinction. Yeah. Good, good add on there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, over to the benefits. Sure. Um, so the benefits, um, it, it, it's really a, a very nice approach because it allows the community to look at um, a very holistic look at the regulatory compliance. So they're going to be um, looking at what their Clean Water Act obligations are, um, who their community partners are, what their systems are currently achieving, um, and then what are the most efficient ways in which they can get to achieve those Clean Water Act obligations, but also 
uh, stakeholder obligations and stakeholder desires that they identify in the stakeholder engagement process. So not only are they balancing their Clean Water Act goals, but they're with the, every dollar spent on Clean Water Act obligations, um, they're achieving more than they otherwise would with the traditional approach. So maybe instead of doing um, project A and project B now, they do project C that achieves not all of what project A and project B achieve but um, more than project A would on its own if they can't mm -hmm. afford both A and B. So that's, that's a pretty good way of saying that it allows you to pick some of the low hanging fruits to get more bang for your buck now and get that kind of ancillary benefit of um, the one water triple bottom line, social, economic, and environmental benefits. Um, so communities um, from, from a very dollars and cents standpoint, um, integrated planning, will likely save a community money if it's right for them. Um, and then from a political um, societal standpoint, uh, people like their green waste, people like their green infrastructure, people like their recreational benefits from, from green infrastructure that um, maybe gray infrastructure wouldn't otherwise provide. So if they can spend money on something that makes the community a little bit better while also achieving those obligations and saving money, it's kind of a win-win-win. Yeah, always looking for those multiple win scenarios. And would you say that flexibility is really just a key descriptor to, in, to what integrated planning allows? Yes, it's certainly a bit more flexible. That is to say, integrated planning will not get you out of your Clean Water Act requirements. Um, certainly your state permit authority, they still need to make sure you're achieving your goals of your permit or your consent decree. Um, but it allows you potentially to negotiate with that state permanent authority ahead of time, a different way of achieving those goals that might have those other benefits that I've already talked about. Gotcha. Okay. So if there's a utility or municipality listening to this podcast, um, how do they go evaluate, uh, you know, go about evaluated in integrated planning? How can they find out if it's something that would work for them that they would benefit from? Yeah, um, so we're excited because we're working now with, with um, EPA to develop a tool that will allow the user to kind of go into the tool and say, you know, question A, do you have more than one permit requirement, yes or no, and then it'll take you to kind of down a decision tree, and it'll allow you to see potentially if there are things you need to address before starting integrated planning, or if you're good to go and get started on it now. So that'll be coming down the road. They can find that on our website. Um, we're, again, we're the Environmental Finance Center, and we have a page about integrated planning. Um, but just more generally, a community that might benefit from integrated planning, it, they look like a community that has potentially multiple Clean Water Act obligations. So maybe they have a wastewater treatment permit um, or multiple wastewater treatment permits. Um, maybe they have an MS4 that uh, they also ha have to comply with. Um, maybe they have a CSO um, or an SSO. Maybe they have a state nutrient rule or even like a TMDL. Um, and maybe they have a, a federal consent decree or even a state level consent decree. Uh, basically, if you have um, more than one of those things at the same time, you may benefit from integrated planning because integrated planning might allow you to prioritize your compliance with the goals um, such that you, you can comply with both at the same time um, as long as you stick to your plan that you've negotiated with your, with your permanent authority. Um, and we even have seen integrated plans that um, only integrate across multiple wastewater treatment plants. Um, so it doesn't have to be both wastewater and stormwater. Um, it can be just wastewater or it can be just stormwater. Um, 
We also see communities that would benefit from integrated planning that have affordability concerns um, with their Clean Water Act requirements. Um, integrated planning um, is not the only way to negotiate potentially a different timeline for your compliance, but it's one of the ways to do so and still achieve some other benefits. Um, we also might see communities benefit from integrated planning that have historically seen a disconnect between their Clean Water Act spending and their stakeholder desires. Um, so maybe uh, money has been spent one way to achieve their Clean Water Act goals, but your citizens really want another way or they, you know, I, I think of this is not clean water, but um, I, I'm, I'm from Massachusetts. So I just think of the big dig in Boston as a way <laughs> that, that maybe that wasn't the best way to spend our money to achieve one goal and we could have spent it another way. Um, and then um, potentially uh, communities that um, struggle with the avail availability of their water resources. So uh, maybe um, they can, they can spend money in such a way that might make, um, you know, might achieve ulterior benefits like uh, source water protection in addition to um, CSO compliance or to wastewater treatment plant compliance. So um, we, just, we just see that basically the more complicated a community is, the more they might benefit from integrated planning. Mm. However, smaller communities um, can still benefit as well. And, and we're trying to highlight that through our work a little bit here. We've done um, a couple of webinars with EPA um, where we've talked with communities about, that have achieved integrated plans um, and also communities that have experienced barriers to integrated planning um, that we want to see um, how smaller communities specifically can overcome those barriers. Speaking of, of barriers, um, I'm curious about what other barriers uh, municipalities, utilities have experienced um, that they might just want to be aware of but tr before trying to start down this path. Yeah, um, so a couple of these barriers that I'm gonna point out here aren't barriers that are specific to integrated planning. They're, they're barriers that may be experienced by any plan or any planning process. Um, so the first big one um, that has come up a lot is, is data challenges. Um, so one, one thing that's difficult to, to, to achieve is a successful model for how projects in the future might work towards meeting your compliance with certain things, specifically non-point source pollution. Um, so anytime um, data is lacking or it might not be sufficient to model what is actually going on in the ecosystem, that's a challenge. But the integrated planning process allows for what's called adaptive management, where you can go in and, and change your model as you get more information. Um, so that's um, integrated planning has uh, multiple elements and that's one of the elements element five of integrated planning is adaptive management um, another challenge is funding challenges and i think that's specifically from the ground up so uh, integrated planning the process itself is expensive um, and so putting that money up front to do the planning process um, and again this is not unique to integrated planning any planning process is expensive but putting the money up front is a challenge for communities that might otherwise benefit from the long-term efficiency efficiencies of integrated planning, but don't have the money right now to, to start the planning process. Um, so EPA is working on a fact sheet that will help communities potentially find funding sources that might not be specifically geared towards integrated planning, but could be used for bits and pieces of the integrated planning process. For instance, within people's state revolving funds, there might be monies uh, for a, uh, for asset management and asset management is a key part of integrated planning because if you don't know what your system looks like, you don't know how your system is failing to meet your clean water requirements. 
Um, another one is um, lack of certainty on the regulatory path forward. And this is also a reason for doing integrated planning. Um, so maybe you don't know what your future Clean Water Act requirements will be. Um, that might uh, prevent you from getting started on an integrated plan, especially if those changes might be sooner down the road than others. For instance, um, are you not an MS4 community and might be one in the future? Um, are you going to have to comply with a phase two permit for MS4 um, stormwater utilities? Maybe, maybe not. Um, that likely shouldn't stop you from doing integrated planning because integrated planning itself, again, is part of the adaptive management process that can come in back in and you can change your plan and change your mm -hmm. approach. Um, and then um, another barrier is understanding um, what your stakeholders want um, and the maybe perhaps historic inability to get buy-in from your community. And I point towards environmental justice communities as an example. So maybe there has been historically injustice um, in, in your approach to Clean Water Act requirement uh, compliance in certain communities, and that may have built some distrust in those communities. So moving forward with working in those communities might be a challenge. However, that's a benefit of integrated planning because you want to fix that and you want to, to make sure that your stakeholder engagement process within integrated planning will address those inequities going forward. So like I said, a lot of these challenges, um, they're very, they're big challenges, but they're uh, challenges for any planning process. And they're also challenges that once you're able to overcome them initially, integrated planning will help in the long run. Sure. All right. Well, I, I think one thing that's clear is integrating planning is complex. Um, there's a lot to navigate there. And you've, you've mentioned a couple ways that the Environmental Finance Center at, at uh, UNC can be of assistance. Could you recap some of that and maybe expand a little bit how, how you all can be a, a place for people to go? Yeah, so um, Environmental Finance Center at the University of North Carolina and at the University of Maryland have been working over the past year with EPA Office of Water on integrated planning. And um, we are um, gonna continue working with them in the future uh, for the next year. Uh, so part of that contract um, is direct assistance to communities and state permitting authorities. Um, and we're using that both as time to learn from communities, but also as time to assist communities. Um, so we've, we've already spoken with multiple communities and we, we've, we've learned about their uh, Clean Water Act obligations. We've learned about their uh, barriers and concerns to integrated planning and maybe what's stopping them or what they need to get going. Um, so we can sit down with communities and we can talk with you about your Clean Water Act obligations, um, less from like a, a regulatory compliance more from a prioritization of projects and affordability focus. Mm. Um, and we can kind of get to see what resources may help you. Uh, we can potentially look over um, what projects you might have coming down the road and, and ways of funding those. And, and potentially we can, we can help you if you're to the point where you already have a, a list of projects that you might want to start for an integrated plan. We can, we can help you uh, look at your financial capability assessment. Um, EPA is going to be coming out with a new financial capability assessment and potentially in the spring of 2022. Um, and we'll have a tool that will allow you to input your projects and allow you to, uh, to change your rates within the tool and then see what your affordability metrics are. And that will allow you to see maybe if you might be potentially wanting to negotiate an extension on your timeline for Clean Water Act obligation compliance. Mm -hmm. um, so basically we'll have an in-depth conversation with you. We'll point you to resources. 
Um, we'll sit down and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll exchange emails where you have questions and we'll just really get to see what the integrated planning process can do for you, potentially where networking can benefit you. I mean, you can talk to other communities that have already done an integrated plan that we've spoken with and ha have given us um, their blessing on passing on their contact information. So we can just be sort of your, your intermediary. We can be your expert for some of these topics and, and maybe we'll be the straw that uh, breaks the camel's back and you can get started on an integrated plan. Yeah. Well, with with the tremendous benefits that come with this, um, you know, I expect you guys could get a lot of traffic and a lot of a lot of inquiries for assistance. And that's a good thing for communities across the country and for clean water. So uh, Evan really enjoyed the educational conversation here today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Travis. Words on water.